Salutations, listeners, and welcome to another episode of How You Feeling, a podcast dedicated to exploring emotional intelligence in a practical and useful way. As always, I'm your host, Dr. C. I'm so excited to be here with you on another episode. We are talking about state of mind today, and I can't wait to dive into that topic. As always, we're joined by our favorite co-host, Dr. Jeff Haverland. Jeff, how are you feeling? Well, you know, I'm trying to figure out a good word for today because it, I, I think frustrated, but not for any like important reason. I'm only frustrated because I am irritated that I cannot find these giant popsicles because um, <laughs> my family goes through so many of these things and... I just have no idea how to get my hands on them. And so they're just irritating me that way. But, but you know, it, there could be worse things in this world. So I'm not. Well, gonna... I suppose. <laughs> but kids will be happy if I could ever figure out where to get them. What about you? Oh, so just quick, are you talking about like the, those jumbo ice pops that come in like just the, the little plastic bags and you just squeeze them up? Yep. Oh, geez. You can't keep them in stock enough, huh? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. And we go through a ton. So. Well, I was going to say, I feel like every other time I'm in Hy-Vee, they have that big box in the front. Yes. That they're selling them. But maybe uh, you're just not catching them at the right time. I guess. I'll, I'll figure out a way to cope. But, well, but that's all right. How are you feeling? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling um, very um, refreshed, very um, full of love. Um, we just got back. Uh, we were in Florida for... 12 days visiting my mom and dad and introducing them to their new grandbaby. Uh, and that was followed up by um, another full house of family for Ren's baptism. Um, and so, especially in the current climate of isolation and not being able to see people, to be surrounded by family for two and a half full weeks was just such a good sort of reboot. And, and it's really kind of helping make what has been a very weird three months or so, three and a half months or so, almost seem normal for the last uh, last couple of weeks here. So, you know, I, I am very excited here on July 1st. Um, hopefully July and August will, will bring some better news for all of us here. Uh, and I'm just ready to kind of see what it brings. So. Yep, yep. I think a lot of people are. <laughs> you know? oh, amen. Amen. Um, I, I saw a meme on Facebook uh, yesterday, something like, uh, okay, July, if you're going to show up, make sure you show up with some common sense or something like that. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. Only time will tell. Yeah, you're right about that. Nothing else is going to let us know. No. Well, good. Well, today, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, we're talking about state of mind. Uh, and this now is sort of that next, that next spot on the trail after we've talked about thoughts and feelings and emotions, because those two items largely are the key um, elements that impact our state of mind. And so today we're going to bounce some questions off each other here uh, as we attempt to sort of dive into this topic a bit more, and then we'll follow it up with a nice prompt uh, to the audience. Um, As I mentioned in our social media um, bursts in the last few episodes, we do want to kind of give you a heads up for what we're going to be covering in the next few weeks so that you can reach out with questions or, or topics or thoughts that you'd like us to cover. And so I'm going to just verbally give you the next two that we're going to be talking about. And then when I post the episode uh, online, I'll also put those in there too, because we really uh, would love to up our, our listener feedback. And we hope that by giving you some of the topics we're covering in advance, 
that might allow you to sort of get your brains on um, the topics before we get to them. And so just quick, in the next two episodes after State of Mind, we're going to be covering um, the idea of core beliefs, uh, which in a nutshell is basically those fundamental ideas that sort of guide your behavior. So what are those core things that, that, that mean everything to you? Uh, and then the, the following episode will be on empowering and limiting beliefs. So sort of a two for one on uh, the ideas of the beliefs that thrust us into productivity and perhaps those beliefs that hold us back from um, trying new things or from growing and that sort of thing. So, so core beliefs and empowering and limiting beliefs are the next two topics on deck. Uh, and so if you have any thoughts or ideas on those, please, please send them in uh, to either our email address or our Twitter handle uh, so we can start addressing those in the next episode. So Jeff, let's start off with the introductory question. What is state of mind? What does that mean to you? So for me, state of mind is just that thing that we are thinking and feeling at that whatever moment in time it is, which, you know, it just says that it can change a lot. It's very context dependent. But but um, yeah, what, where we're at, whatever that space is that we're operating in um, is how I'd look at state of mind. What about you? Would you add anything to that? Yeah, I, no, I think that that's, that's largely it. You know, I think the big takeaway piece, and I think you just said it is, um, state of mind very much represents how you're feeling at a given time. And I think keeping that in mind, it's important to remember that state of mind, your state of mind is temporary and changeable. Um, so in as quick as you can have a positive state of mind, uh, in the next five minutes, something can happen where you enter into a negative state of mind. Um, and whether you're on a high or you're on a low, it's important to know that ultimately we have the choice as individuals to bring ourselves out of whichever way we're in and into the other way when we're ready to do that. Uh, oh. And so I think that, that that point about it being temporary and changeable is huge. Okay, so let's let's go into that one a little bit. Um, you know, when you say that it, it's temporary and changeable and we have a choice to be in it, um, you know, sometimes I think it's hard to believe that you actually have a choice to be in a specific state of mind, especially when when everything around you is collapsing or, you know, it may be great for somebody else, but not for yourself. And how would you respond to something, somebody who said, well, it's impossible to do that? Yeah, that's a good question. And I think uh, I think someone who would ask that question um, is still on their journey to self-awareness, uh, because I think. Um, and please understand that I'm not saying it's easy to do. Even the most emotionally intelligent people can get into funks that seem very hard to bring themselves out of. Like, I am not at all trying to say that just by flicking the light switch, you can go from happy to sad or sad to happy. Um, but, you know, I, I think I would respond to that person just by saying, you know, think about the situation that you're in. Think about the real issue that you're hung up on. And, and to me, a lot of times, state of mind is a byproduct of control. And so I try to tell myself just personally, if I have control over the issue that's causing this fluctuation in my state of mind, then I need to do something to try to fix it. Um, but, but if I don't have any control over that, then staying in, in, especially in a negative state of mind, isn't doing me any good because I don't have any power to fix that, that situation. Uh, and so I think largely it is a matter of control, uh, in my opinion. Um, 
And so I would just tell them, yeah, to sort of take a step back, look at the building blocks of, of why you're feeling and thinking the way you are. And, and let's think about how much of that is in your control and how much isn't. What about you? How would you do that? Well, it, it's funny because, you know, I've, I've run into people in my life who will say to me, you know, they're always the silver lining people. Um, and it's always, you know, there are times in life where there are no, like the silver linings are pretty few and far between. Um, and you know, I think of one in it, I kind of chuckled about it, but it's not funny, but I have somebody in my family who is notorious for going to like wakes, you know, when we were able to actually go to wakes and saying something to the person like, oh, well, they're in a better place. And, and you find, you know, that, that comment is really kind of interesting to watch come out because the other people, you know, it's really hard to be on the other end of that and be like, oh, you're right. I'm glad they're gone, you know? kind of thing and so that has always given me this weird insight into state of mind and and the way I look at it is that it is it is highly personal that you know you you will have people tell you that you should just fuck up life's life's good you don't have anything to worry about but but it really does become a personal thing that you have to work through if you're going to be successful uh and successfully emotionally intelligent I guess would be a good good explanation for that so so okay so getting back then, can you tell me or our listeners um, how your state of mind can affect your behavior or your performance? Sure. Um, you know, and, and I think about this in a lot of ways, but I think one of the easiest ways for me to, to conceptualize this is in the sort of the athletic realm. Um, growing up, you know, I played uh, all of the sports. I wasn't particularly good at any of them, but I enjoyed playing them. Um, and I can remember... Uh, some of my favorite coaches sort of uh, communicating that idea of either a a, a span of time or a number of innings uh, of basically saying, okay, it stinks that that happened to you. Here's the amount of time I'm giving you to sort of be in that. But the second that you go back onto the field or the court or whatever, you have to put it in the back. You got to get it out. Uh, And I think that really sort of speaks to how, your state of mind can affect your behavior and performance because if you're in a, a destructive or a, or a negative state of mind, I, I don't know that I've ever seen in myself or in other people, someone in that state of mind do good productive work because they're hung up on a comment someone made or they're hung up on the outcome of a previous action and they're just sort of letting the past really sort of dictate what the future could be. Um, and, and I know it's happened to me before, you know, I know, uh, that I've received, you know, bad news or I've received, um, um, feedback for something I thought I did a good job on that, that others didn't. And, and I know it's tough, at least initially to, to motor through that. Cause you initially have to have that. Well, what was wrong with it? What did I do? Like, what, what do you mean? Um, and I think the trick is trying to not trying to, to get out of that that sort of negative reflection phase as quickly as you can um, or as quickly as you're able uh, because harping on something that's done isn't going to allow you to be productive. Um, And so, so that's sort of how I think about that. Um, The other thing that I want to say quick, and I remember reading it online, um, but it's this idea that, you know, let's say, you know, I gave you $10,000 um, and somebody took five bucks from you. 
are you really going to stay angry at the five bucks that's missing or, or know that you still have $9,995. And in the same way, you know, for someone to be rude or negative to you walking down the street or, um, you know, in class or whatever, you know, to say something negative to you and essentially steal that five seconds of your time, are you going to throw away 9,995 seconds of time for those bad five seconds? Or are you going to make the most of what's left? Um, Again, not at all absolving the person of saying the comment or of the person stealing the money, but that really is what state of mind is about is keeping the power within yourself to say, okay, that outcome didn't go the way I wanted it to go. How am I going to impact the next outcome? Yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I think of state of mind, you know, especially as of late, you know, with my son graduating and our graduating graduation getting canceled because he there um, were people in his class who tested positive for COVID and watching how people attacked specifically one person um, who the name got out or a name got out and they like seriously online were like attacking this 18 year old kid for irresponsibly destroying, you know, like graduation. And, and it was the most surreal thing to see um, somebody who might be 40, 50 years old thinking that this was an appropriate response when, when, I mean, my God, half the time our, our 18 year olds were lucky they can tie their shoes and, you know, feed themselves on occasion. (laughs) So this was the most unbelievable thing to watch. And it took people actually calling them out on that behavior, which isn't always effective, but that's what it kind of took to get people to say, okay, you know, calm down and then, and back off a little bit. But then I think of this person who, who took all of this public abuse and no matter what blame it, we're blamed. So, you know, they're taking all this on something horrible and, you know, did it really matter? I mean, our kids still graduated. We still got the opportunity to take part in drive-by ceremony. Um, and so I, I think, you know, it, this whole state of mind has become very interesting and in how negative we get lately when stuff goes wrong and we can't do what we want to do. And we, instead of seeing it for what it is or you know, the greater good, we, we just kind of get grouchy about it. And, and we get stuck in this, this moment. And, you know, I think just with state of mind, what's important, you know, you could be a negative in a negative state of mind and not harm anybody. But I think, especially when you're working in groups and you talked about being in a team, um, you know, that when you are in a group and other people are depending on you or other people are struggling in the same way you're struggling, it really is not effective, nor is it necessarily responsible for you to continue to drag that group downward when you're all really fighting the same battle. Everybody's there. Everybody knows what's going on. And sometimes we owe it to other people that we just have to push past and push through state of mind. Yeah, for sure. Well, and and I think too, you know, one of the things, um, and again, I'll use the sport context, but I I remember uh, playing baseball and a coach saying, Listen, if you get, you know, if a ball hits you in the shin or, or, you know, another player runs into you, you know, finish the play first and then let's see if you're okay. Yeah. And, and again, I'll, I'll, up front, that's a slippery slope to sort of take in. 
but sort of that idea that professionally and, and, and in a lot of cases in family contexts, you know, bad news comes and, and bad stuff happens and, and, you know, less than favorable outcomes uh, occur, but it's really on us to, to finish what we're doing before we, we kind of go back and process that at least in the short run, because like you said, people are still counting on you. Absolutely. Whether that's coworkers or, or students or, or your children or whatever. Uh, and as I think, especially as adults, you know, where we have, you know, better reasoning and logical powers than kids in a lot of cases, you know, we have to be the bigger person in that situation um, and, and really sort of finish what we're doing and then give ourselves the time to, to process. Absolutely. So, Jeff, I know that I kind of buried the lead a little bit at the beginning, but I just want to hear your thoughts on the, the idea of, you know, do you think that our state of mind can be different from one minute to the next? Yeah, you know, I'll go back to that thing I was talking about early on with the, the whole popsicle thing. So here's my stupid state of mind. I'm searching on Walmart, waiting for our um, our podcast to start, and I put them in my cart, and I'm like, perfect, I got them. I'm going to get free shipping, so I went and bought something else. So I'm all excited, and I click, and it says, oh, everything's out of stock now. And then I got really kind of grouchy about it, and I, I, you know, I went into a totally new feeling. I was irritated, and then... Then I'm and all of a sudden I switched and I'm like, OK, let's order fewer and maybe I'll be able to get in. And then that worked. And I'm like, this is great. I'm going to get them now. And then I go back and it says these are out of stock now. And so, yeah, you I just think it's like the wind blowing some days that can change your state of mind. I mean, you could be going to a, an incredibly stressful interview or an incredibly hard day at work and you can still feel joy in the car ride on the way there. Um you know, because it, there are so many things that, that can affect our state of mind in, in the environment. For me, I watched sure. a family of skunks run across the road the other day, almost wrecked my car taking a picture of it. But it was like, it was seriously kind of cool. And I, it, it had no bearing on anything in my life, but took my mind off something. It was pretty cool to look at. And, and so for me, somebody who has, you know, attention issues, you know, pretty much anything blinking or moving fast in another direction can change my state of mind. So, um, but I really do think it, it is possible to, to do that often. So do you, do you see the, I know you kind of talked about it at the beginning. Do you, do you ever find times though, where you, you think your state of mind is a little more static? Um, you know, I, I, I think that mine tends to be uh, in certain settings. So, like, you know, I, I think my wife and I call it that idea of being on, right? Like, there, there's a series of tasks to be done or, or a, an encounter that has to happen. And, you know, we'll save the, the debris for after. And so, like, I think, like, when I'm at work, um, you know, I tend to think that my state of mind is pretty static because I need to be on for my students. I need to be in a state of mind that's ready to help them. And, and focus on, you know, what my coworkers and the committees I'm on need and, and what my students need and what, you know, other other stakeholder groups on campus I'm involved with need. And I can either play the pity party or whatever when I get home. Yep. Um, and so I think in certain settings, yeah, that my, that my state of mind does stay static. I think when I'm home, you know, certainly there's a different state of mind, but one that needs to be consistent in 
spending time with my kids and making sure that, that they're getting that quality time and not the, well, sorry, daddy worked a full day and, and I'm just going to go sit on the couch somewhere. Like, okay. That's what I want to do. But, but the, the moments that would come from, from hanging out with my girls, we'll, we'll, I won't get back. Um, right. And so, yeah, so I, 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 long, long way to say, yes, I think there are periods in, in a day or in a, in a relationship where state of mind can be static based on the demands of whatever that situation is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it isn't wrong, you know, as a parent myself, there are days where it's like, okay, I, I have to have five minutes. I need to get all the bad blood out and, and just zone out, do something else. And then I can be a hundred percent present. But it took me a long time in my relationship to figure out that I need to, I need to express that verbally so yeah. people know, not that I'm just being, you know, jerky or in another bad mood, but they know that I'm really processing it so that I can be present. Yeah, uh, correct. So that's been a good learning thing for me as an adult, um, but it's been a long learning process. Sure. Well, let me pick you up back off of that thought with another question. Um, how do people affect your state of mind? So, you know, this is one that can, you know, you talk about um, changing your state of mind as you walk in a room, you know, you can walk into a, a huge meeting of your colleagues and you go to one person and your day is, you know, you're in a great place, you go to another and your day bottoms out and or your moment bottoms out. And so, you know, I think of a perfect example for me as my son, um, he and I are seriously, we're almost genetically identical, you know, in terms of everything about us, every aspect, our sense of humor, our sometimes inappropriate mouths, you know, uh, everything about us. And so, but there are days because we're so close like that, that he can say one word and put one look with it. And I'm done. My state of mind goes to a really bad place, but he has figured out a way like, he'll get it, and you can kind of see it click, and he'll be like, oh, does someone need a hug? And you know what? The last thing I want right then is a hug, because all I want to do is attack him. <laughs> that completely, 100% changes my state of mind. Like, oh, I'm being petty right now. And, and so I do think people have a great, an amazing impact on, um, on our state of mind. And so... You know, it can be positive, it can be negative. The same person can be both positive and negative. Sure. Um, you know, you can get a feeling from somebody you don't even know who's on television or who's on Twitter, and and they can change your state of mind. And so that's when it really becomes apparent that you have to be in control of it and to be able to to kind of rectify any discrepancies because if you're getting angry and changing your state of mind for somebody that doesn't even know you're breathing then you've got to find a way to work through that. Sure. So, so can you give any examples of, of this? Like, you know, yeah, people... I, I think it's what you said is fabulous. And I, and I think, um, yeah, even as you're talking, I'm nodding along because, you know, I can think of certain people, you know, be they work people or, or extracurricular activity people where it's like, ugh, like, these people are just so negative or these people are just one uppers or these people are whatever. And, and they just make me feel a different way. And part of this idea of self-awareness and that, you know, that's sort of the block that we're working through right now 
the better we get at self-awareness, the better that we can essentially check in with ourselves to say, okay, this situation or this meeting or this, this club session is unavoidable. I really need to figure out a way to make this meeting go productively because I can't change who's in it. Yep. Right. Like that, that environmental piece, I have no control over. I only have control over myself. And so what do I need to do? Maybe not to put myself into a good state of mind, because that can be challenging, but essentially how can I stay neutral or minimize the negative effects of state of mind in order to make this meeting or this, this whatever productive. And I think that's like what you just said, it's on us as the individual to be able to say, I don't like what's about to happen or what just happened, but I, I, I need to make sure that I'm in control of me. Um, and that can be tough, even as, even, even, you know, four years into teaching emotional intelligence, uh, you know, I struggle with that. But I think we have to understand that in many cases, the environment changes the context we're in, but largely it shouldn't have any power over you if you're remembering these strategies and techniques and helping yourself to process each situation as it comes. Um, and again, that takes a lot, a lot of practice, but I know, you know, uh, that I've had, you know, students that are, are the squeaky wheel, or I've had teammates who are always, well, I guess we're going to lose today's game. And it's just ugh, like, you, you kind of want to give them the shake and say, hey, man, like, what's the problem? But you can't always do that, right? You can only be, you know, as, as, as my mom always used to tell me, you can only do what you are in control of. And the only thing you're in control of is yourself. Right. And so I always try to keep that in the back of my mind because even though negative Nancy wants to be negative, I don't have to let that affect me. Um, but that's my choice to let it affect me or not. Well, and I think with that whole and, you know, kind of scenario that you brought up, you go to those things that you can't change who's there or the environment of it. But then you've got to almost be a little introspective and say, so my attitude right now, my state of mind is going to to um, influence or color what this is right now. And so we have a responsibility then to be able to realize our potential impact in our state of mind. And if we're actually adding to the negativity or if we're doing something to circumvent it or, or help, I guess, fix it. Um, and so I, I just, yeah, that the personal responsibility piece with any of this, you, it becomes more and more important. I think as you, as you, get older, as you move through your career, as you deal with other people on a very personal level or even just a professional level, um, we just, we can't be as impulsive and, you know, I'm just going to be, you know, a thorn in your side because I feel like it. And I, we can do that, but it doesn't help. And right. so, right. Uh, well, and actually I'll, I'll, I'll jump in quick because that, that raises it. I just had a conversation with someone the other day who did the well, you know, that's just how I am and they have to accept it. <laughs> and that statement drives me up a wall because that to me is the definition of ignorance, that you know what you're doing is impacting someone in a certain way and you choose to continue doing it. Yep. Uh, and I think that speaks to state of mind 100% to say, you know, if you don't know that the things that you do and say impact somebody, okay, that, that, that happens, right? Like there are, we meet strangers all the time that we impacted and we had no idea. But if you know that something that you do or something someone else does 
puts you in a different state of mind that you don't want to be in. Like you said about, about your family, part of being emotionally intelligent is communicating and saying, Hey, ma'am or sir, you know, when you start talking, you know, let's today not talk about this topic or this topic, because when you bring that up, it just really derails things. Um, You know, and I think that, that that's part of it is not expecting them to read your mind, but letting them know, you know, using an I statement, I feel this way when this goes on. So I just want to, to bring that to your attention so that maybe we can avoid that in today's meeting or today's group or whatever. Absolutely. Um, but I think that's part of it. Yeah. To, to be a good communicator. So let's go a little further with it then. So, cause we've kind of been dancing around it, but so how does your state of mind actually affect your decisions or decision-making? Sure. I, you know, I, I think, where, where state of mind has the, the greatest impact on decisions for me is the impulsive decisions. So, um, you know, I think that whole I'm fat because I eat and I eat because I'm fat sort of thing, right? Like if I'm in a negative state of mind and I'm walking down the grocery aisle and, you know, yeah, you know what the heck with it? I had a crappy day. I'm just going to have a Snickers bar, you know, knowing full well that the health implications of that are, are not the best choice of snack item. But but I was in a bad mood. And so fine, I'm just going to do it. Um, you know, I, I think um, state of mind has, has a lesser effect on um, more regimented or more routine decisions, because I know that certain things have to happen before other things can get done uh, in, in, in different contexts, be they family or work. Uh, but yeah, so for me, uh, it's the impulsive decisions that my state of mind has the greatest effect on um, because, yeah, if I'm feeling really good, I might buy or do something I wouldn't normally do. If I'm feeling really bad, I'm more prone to doing things that I probably wouldn't do normally. Um, but when I have that time to sort of sit and reflect um, and sort of think through the consequences of the decision, uh, state of mind has less of an impact because I'm really sort of thinking about, you know, more of the, the critical components of that decision. What about you? Well, you know, you talk about impulse and I, you know, mm-hmm. as somebody who's fought weight my whole life you know that you're right i i've been one of those people that you know essentially eats their feelings sometimes and oh my god like i i can even feel it coming i just i that impulse sometimes just completely overwhelms the scenario and you're like i don't even like this like i don't even enjoy what i'm eating right now but i eat the whole damn thing anyway because i just feel like i deserve it and so that little statement you made resonates um, you know, pretty big with me. And, but, you know, it affects for me as a maturing adult. And I say that with a lot of air quotes because call half the people that know me and I'm bordering on a 12 year old most of it. But, but as a maturing adult, I realize my decisions have really deep impact in certain circles on certain people. And I have to be aware of that. It is my responsibility as a caring, compassionate human being to know that I am allowed to be in a bad state of mind, but that doesn't mean I can treat people like garbage because of that. And so my decisions have to be, I either need to be upfront about what's happening, I need to remove myself from the situation, or I need to completely just put the situation aside and deal with what's happening at hand. And so... Um, that's again, something you get as you grow older and you figure things out a little better. It doesn't always work. It, it fails a lot. I've made horrible decisions, um, 
based on my state of mind. I still, you know, to this day will do that. Um, so there is no perfection in this game. It's just understanding, you know, the, the ripples that come out of whatever your interaction is with that environment. No, that's a fabulous, fabulous point, Jeff. I, I could not agree more. Well, good. Well, you know, I, I think that um, that was a, a very good discussion on, on that idea of state of mind. You know, I think what what initially on the surface sounds like a very elementary idea, you know, I think we just showed there's a lot to unpack from it. And I think it's certainly, you know, to this point in our episodes, you know, state of mind, you know, is, is the next step from talking about feelings and thoughts and emotions, you know, using a strategy like check-in that we covered a few episodes ago is a great way to help with state of mind. Um, you know, thinking about self-awareness and, and understanding, like you just said, you know, the impact that your decisions have on others and on situations, you know, that all comes with growing in that self-awareness piece. Um, and, and it allows us to say, hey, I don't really get along with this person. So if I can avoid them, then I will. But if I can't, I need to make the best of it. Yep. And that's that self-awareness piece. That's a check-in. Um, so any final thoughts for you on, on this idea of state of mind? You know, for state of mind, I guess the final thought for me is, you know, every once in a while, if you can just step back and take account of your state of mind, of the resulting actions or effects of it, I think you can learn a lot about yourself and it'll help you. Even if you behave badly at one moment, it'll help you behave better in the future, but it comes down to awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And I was going to say for me, you know, my, my thought is this idea of anchoring. Um, and I'm not sure if I've talked about this before, but like you said, when you're in the car, you could have gotten up on the wrong side of the bed and just been in a, in a gruffy mood and you drive to work and you hear a song that you love and all of a sudden you're in a happy mood. Um, and, and I was going to say, what, for me, as it relates to state of mind, anchors are so, so important. So whether that's a trinket or a song or a meme or, you know, uh, thinking back to something that my wife or my mom or my dad or my brother would say to cheer me up, like having those, the, that little bag of, I'll say tricks for lack of a better word, but, you know, the, the little bag of anchors that, can, can help to ground you again and help you to say, okay, you know, this, the situation probably isn't as bad as I'm making it out to be, you know, let me put this song on or let me, let me call my mom or let me, you know, grab that, that little souvenir that my wife got me when she traveled. And so for me, anchors really help to reset my state of mind. Um, and again, they don't have to be big elaborate things. You know, I know, um, Weight Watchers is, is really good about these little keychains they give you when you hit certain milestones. And so the idea is you're supposed to put them on your key ring. And if you are feeling in that sort of momentary lapse of, oh my goodness, I want to crush an entire seven layer chocolate cake, <laughs> that you touch, you know, this keychain or you take it out and look at it and remind yourself of the work that you've done that far. Yep. Uh, and so I think, yeah, for me, anchoring is a great way to, to, uh, reset my state of mind. Well, good. Well, now we're going to turn it on to our listeners. Um, we've got a, a prompt for you that we'd love to hear your feedback on. And so basically we're going to attack the two sides of the coin. And so we'd love to hear from you about a situation where you were not able to control your state of mind um, and, and kind of what was the impact or the effect of that. 
And then we'd also love to hear about a time when you were able to control your state of mind. And, and if you can reflect on that situation, what were the steps you took to be able to do that? Because maybe if you can reflect on those steps, that that will help you in times where you feel like you cannot control your state of mind. And so you can send those situations to either of our outreach channels. You can send it to our email address, howyoufeelingpodcast at gmail.com. How, the letter U, feelingpodcast at gmail.com. Or to our Twitter handle, at podcast. In either case, we would love to hear from you, and we can't wait to exchange with you. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, our next two episodes will be on core beliefs and empowering and limiting beliefs. And so we'd love to hear your questions or your thoughts on those before we get to those episodes so that we can maybe address some of those concerns or questions in the episode. Uh, So, Jeff, if people want to get a hold of you on social media, how can they do it? Uh, They can find me at Haverlin J on Twitter. and, And how can they get a hold of you? And they can find me all over the Twitterverse at... KP Katani. Uh, and again, I'd love to chat with you there too. Uh, so for Jeff and I, um, we thank you so much for listening. Please, please, as we continue to endure this virus situation and school getting ready to start back up and jobs starting to look a little more normal, please continue to take care of yourself. Please continue to look out for your village. Uh, and as always, thanks so much for listening to another episode of How You Feeling.